0: Thank <whistles> you.
1: Once again
2: i'm doing good once
1: again how are you well i'm doing good now that i checked to make sure that my microphone is recording last week i recorded a session with you and a session with dan and didn't realize that my uh the software i used to record just occasionally decides to not remember what i use as my audio input capture so had your guys's audio perfect but I'm just sitting there like this without noise. <laughs> so we're sort of uh, doing a review of whatever we went over last week and anything new this week that pops up. But in general, uh you and me talked about last week how we hadn't necessarily been discovering a lot of new stuff. You've been busy. It's been a while since we've had you on. Um I don't know if we really need to reiterate anything other beyond. We don't have a ton to recommend, and we'll be getting back on top of it in the coming weeks. But uh, why don't you tell me once again kind of what you've been up to? I don't think you've been on the show for about a month or so.
2: Yeah. So I'm currently down in Provo, Utah, and I'm performing in a musical called The Principal Wife. Or as yeah. Danny Glover called it, the principal's wife. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Danny Glover is somehow involved. It's interesting. Yeah. but um, Apparently it's weird... he's
1: not too old
2: for this shit. <laughs> well, he is. He's definitely getting up there. He's old. So he's yeah. just not too, too old, old for some
1: shit. Some stuff he's still yeah. down for.
2: Polygamy. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah it's a little bit of an odd show but you know right the the price is right so here we are
1: so if (laughs) i remember correctly the music's pretty solid kind of a weird show
2: yeah Yeah, yeah, just like like a weird idea that's just been been encouraged for too long so everything is really well done it's just the original source material is questionable
1: (laughs) Well, last time I made the off-the-cuff joke, and I'm going to wedge it in this time. How many guitar players are doing this? Uh, don't they have a bunch of them? Like, polygamy? <laughs> yeah, it right. did yeah. work this time. Didn't necessarily work last time, either. <laughs> um,
2: it I... is a, it's a big orchestra, but everybody's solo. Only the strings are doubled up, which is pretty common. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, yep, I
1: remember <laughs> Uh, I guess that does. I'm a little more fresh this time. I had some smoked salmon at uh, uh, La Creperie. Oh, yeah, lucky. So, have that, some coffee. I'm feeling a little more spry, and it just occurred to me that you know, nobody really likes the sound of polygamy or anything like that, but it is kind of funny that nowadays people talk about like polyamory and like three people in a relationship or whatever, which is essentially kind of the same thing. They just don't put a weird religious culty connotation on it. But yeah, that's like, where the Yeah. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, that's where the problem is, is the the like the removal of consent. <laughs>
0: when yeah. they're
2: just like you know, you're born into it. Be like, you're going to, when you turn 12, we're going to marry you off yeah. to a guy with six other wives. And that's,
1: yeah. Like, like a property exchange. It's not very exactly. respectful or nice. That being said, I mean, to each their own, but I ain't going to lie on, for me personally, I'm like, best of luck with that. Running a relationship with more than two people. Like, sounds pretty fucking hectic but you know if you can make it happen more power to you I guess whether that's a lady that wants a bunch of husbands or you know vice versa whatever just don't make it a creepy cult Uh, no kool-aid don't all wear the same outfit that's like that's creepier than having sex with a bunch of people it's just all wearing the same outfit oh yeah you see those couples that both wear like the same disney shirt like, uh, yeah can uh, can you imagine? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, so let's just get into music. Unless there's any like news or life stuff you
2: wanted to mention. No, that's that's my current life of music is this weird polygamy show. What's
1: the name of it again?
2: Sorry, if you already said the it. The principal wife. Right, 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 right.
1: Okay, sorry.
2: That's it. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um. Since last week where we failed i failed the recording process gamma Pos put out a new single this one's called okay. markets and so this is our third one we've been trying to release a song a month and we're going to keep doing that until we run out and that's just nice. that's recording new stuff but also re-recording some old songs with uh josiah on drums so we're getting some of that human drumming in there which is nice I've always been partial to electronic beats and drums and stuff, but a lot of people aren't. And, you know, GammaPod definitely does function more as a rock and roll band. You know, we ain't Radiohead or nothing. At least mm-hmm. not yet. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, people like the drums, and I like the drums. So, that's what we're doing, man. So, check that out on all the streaming stuff,
2: YouTube, blah, 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 blah any
1: no new releases coming up for you with any of your projects
2: not in any new state the highline drifters second album is still just going along working mm-hmm. on it <laughs> okay um so. Corey, the drummer in
1: our band fakoshka which is a dormant volcano yeah um i'm thinking about seeing if he can get some drums recorded when he visits next to fill in for josiah at a gamma pa show maybe stop in at this uh, studio uh, studio nico that we've been recording at um see if he can do uh that one song we've been batting around for a few years
2: uh yeah
1: but that'd be good yeah kind of don't want to put a bunch of workhorse shit on cory when he's here i want him to enjoy himself so I don't know, maybe we'll pop in there one afternoon Maybe knock it out, I don't know, we'll see what happens
2: Yeah, that would be cool
1: Bam! that means that You could have a Fakoshka single On it's way Uh, Not too distant
2: uh, Future Indeed
1: So, let's get into music recommendations What you've been listening to Blah 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 Um We'll start off with you While I find whatever I'm going to mention first.
2: I don't even know if I've listened to too much new stuff since we last recorded. So I'll just talk about that stuff again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, one I don't think I mentioned, but I've been really digging is uh, analog sun. Mm-hmm. Uh, their self-titled album. I played one of their songs in a funk band. I was in a while back. So they're just a really cool, horn band uh, awesome tune writing they got a vocalist on a couple of songs not the whole time And mm-hmm. but songs she, she's on are really good And yeah it's some tasty tasty writing each song is kind of a cool different vibe but it's all you know it all sounds like them they've got a cool kind of signature way I can't exactly have it picked it out yet but yeah, they definitely have a whoever's writing all their chart has a cool style. So
1: Would you say it's like more in the note choice or like the timing of stuff or production? Like really just the way
2: that? like the way they like the little melodies and stuff, the way they kinda like it kinda seems like it's gonna go one way but it goes a little different way than you expect it. Yeah. So it's kinda like they're taking what your ear wants to hear and taking it in on a little journey. <laughs>
1: sure. It doesn't necessarily go right into the the expected chorus. It kind of walks around the park a little bit before maybe getting there.
2: Yeah. All right. Yeah. And then when it does, it feels so good. Hell yeah.
1: <laughs> um, I'll hit you with one... I suppose the newest thing I have been really digesting is Melt Yourself Down. We talked about this on the failed recording we did. The album Last Evenings on Earth came out in 2016. I'll read you their bio. Because it kind of helps describe what they are. Uh, Founded by sax innovator Pete Wareham and fronted by lead vocalist Kush Gaia, melt yourself down, play into a great tradition of British insurgents that spans decades and genres. From the Sex Pistols to Young Fathers, the band's lineage is also connected to jazz's rich history of sticking a middle finger to the man. Uh, Yeah, I would say to me it sounds a lot like... A mixture between talking heads, go-go bordello, and almost like a little bit of a system of a down quality. Not that it doesn't jump from like stylistically in the verse chorus, verse chorus thing like system, but kind of more like the energy of the music and like the the freeness of it, which is probably a little bit of that punk energy. I wouldn't say anything in it other than that energy is the punk stuff like it's kind of raw and has that um production style to it but it's it's pretty much grooving bass uh elaborate percussive stuff and then yeah saxophone just kind of doing some really cool shit um since the failed recording i did notice that i sometimes when i'm getting into a band i'm like what's the best album they've released, like according to fans and people. And apparently this one that really grabbed me, The Last Evenings on Earth, is was at the bottom of the list. So I'm intrigued and ready to listen to their other albums. Um, so I was like, okay, all well, these other ones are supposedly better. Well, I'm excited. I think they only got four albums out. And the most recent one was in 2022. So, yeah, that's a new band discovery I've been real into lately. Nice. Yeah. Um, you got another one for me? Yeah, another
2: old one. <laughs> this right. one, let's see, 2008. It uh, looks like came out. Uh, this is the guitar player from Steely Dan. Is mm-hmm. one of his solo albums also discussed last week? I just been returning to it. It's called Circus Money, mm-hmm. and it's got you know pretty similar to Steely Dan as far as uh like the awesome production value. You know, they it sounds really good and all uh, really good musicians on it. Yeah, but uh, kind of his his stuff. He has a little bit weirder lyric choice leans a little more towards like kind of reggae beats mm-hmm. and there's just some really tasty little tunes on there. They're, they're a little strange. Like, uh, let's see, it's this album and he has another one called 11 tracks of whack. So he's got some interesting tunes that didn't make it to the Steely Dan records. Yeah. So he did them himself, but they're, they're fun. Would you say easier
1: or harder for a general audience to get into uh, compared to Stanley uh,
2: Dan? Given that it's a little more just like the lots of reggae beats and stuff, probably a little easier, I would think. But Okay. I guess it depends on how much you like reggae. Sure.
1: <laughs> Does it do a kind of jammed out dub reggae or kind of more like upbeat Bob Marley-ish?
2: It goes, kind of moves through different you know, each song's got a nice, different feel. So it goes through all of them in different speeds and yeah. instrumentations. I didn't write, I don't remember the one, but there's one that has like one of the tastiest, like reggae guitar licks. It's not like a Van Halen guitar lick. It's just this really little simple thing. Yeah. And he he just plays it the entire song and I never stop liking it the whole time. I'm just like, yeah, that's tasty. Yeah. <laughs> Alright,
1: keep that in mind for our, like, tail-end discussion. Gotcha. Um, I guess the other... I'll just go ahead and mention my last two, and we'll just call it good there for this week. Um cool. All I gotta do is shout out a new single from The Smile, which also, similar to the one you just mentioned, is... Just uh, kind of an offshoot of a bigger band, Radiohead. The Smile is mm-hmm. Tom York, the singer, and Johnny Greenwood, the guitar player from Radiohead. And they had already released an album not too long ago called A Light for Attracting Attention. And they uh. just put out a new song called Bending Hectic, which is eight minutes long. So, pretty long single. And it's just as good and entertaining as Radiohead to me and the last The Smile record but uh, I would say with The Smile it's reduced in some ways compared to Radiohead and a little more straightforward, a little more raw and I think that's what's really pulled me in and made me really like it Um, even though I really loved the last Radiohead album, A Shaped Pool that was like really mellow and elaborately produced a lot of layers and stuff. And so it's great. It's like kind of an epic um, operatic, almost cinematic album to put on. Whereas the smile it's, there's a little more kind of life and electricity to it. And it's like something to throw on while you're walking around town, but it still has like a mellow sort of jazziness to it as well. Um, another thing I would recommend from them is, not too long ago, they put out a live album. And that was live at the Montreux, I never know how to say this word, Montreux Jazz Festival. It's like M-O-N-T-R-E-U-X. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, they put that out, and it was a pretty great album, nice. too. Well, that's
2: awesome. There's been so many good albums with that name.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Have you ever been to that festival?
2: Or do you know? No, I haven't. I I just know it's just a killer jazz festival. Uh, Al Diniola, I have a DVD of him just solo guitar at it. It's pretty wild. (laughs) Is that down in uh, uh, New Orleans? Uh, I'm not sure if it's there. It's up in Canada. I can't remember. Oh. Okay.
1: Yeah, Canada makes sense. Maybe that's uh like in Quebec or something. Yeah. I don't know. I
2: Have to do some research on it.
1: Uh feel free to write in at the Jacob Wayne Show at gmail.com if you know the answer. Or any other suggestions of live albums you, to check out for if you
2: if you work for that festival and want Fukushima to play. Want, we'll Fikushka do a free jazz set. Oh shit, even
1: yeah. solo Kevin. That too. (laughs) I'm sure you could kill it. But no. That'd be a good way to bring back Fakoshka.
2: Live at a classic (laughs) jazz festival. (laughs) Yeah,
1: like nothing against Cash Valley or anything, but I kind of want the next time we do a Fakoshka show to have it be a little special. Not in an intimate, oh, this is where we started the band kind of way, but like something a little bigger, you know? Oh yeah, um,
2: we got the gears. Yeah, we <laughs> got the touch, got the fire. Uh,
1: and then I just got a shout out real quick: Electronicos Fantasticos. Oh yeah, you gotta list. You gotta look them up on YouTube. It's a Japanese collective of people that make music with uh, barcode scanners and TV static and electric fans and you know whatever they're doing to pick up that electrical signal and play all that stuff and process it it's it's wonderful stuff it's kind of like organic live techno in a way um they finally put out a ep on spotify which i've been waiting for for years so if you really want to digest a bunch of it look it up on youtube but you know how you now have a 3 song EP that you can check out and I want you all to listen to it so they'll put out more stuff. And that is Electromagnetic Matsuri Bayashi in Neo Tokyo. It's the name of the EP. If you can't remember that, oh, Electronicos yeah. Fantasticos. All caps. Yep. <laughs> With an exclamation point. Should yeah. pop up without that though it did for me uh, yeah when we'll do a real quick rest in peace to an artist neither kellen or i know that well or i really at all but i did start researching it a little bit when i heard she passed away thanks to uh portis um jane birkin I've been, I need to get back into it. I've been listening to the album Rendezvous, but there's a dash between the Z and the V, so Rendezvous. And she's a, like, apparently pretty influential French actress, musician, fashionista. So, yeah, just kind of been drinking that in. Um, Did you ever listen to Francois Hardy? Hope I'm saying that right. I think so, no really mellow sexy jazzy french singer it reminds me of that a little bit um there's also this french singer april march that i really like so there's something about that really smoothed out um jazzy slinky sexy vibe that i if if it's in french I, i love it i don't know what it is about it but i mean maybe that's a universal thing a little bit you yeah,
2: some good footage.
1: Oh, and the other night I was on my walk and I had a headache coming on. So I just looked up on a whim, like Headache Be Gone in Spotify. I'm just waiting to see what comes up. You know, you get those binaural beats or whatever. But there was this uh, playlist called Headaches Be Gone. So I looked at that. And there was some Japanese, like, mellow jazz stuff on there, which is Uh really nice. So if you want to look up the whole playlist, um, it's all really pretty great stuff. But one person I discovered from this playlist is Liana Flores. Have you ever heard of her? Uh Uh-uh. Really smooth, nice, jazzy stuff. And I'll send you a couple songs that I really dug of hers. One was Rises the Moon. That's not like a standard or anything, is it? No, I don't think so. Because I was listening to it and I was like, man, this is really good. And it's like, you know when you hear something good enough and it's if it is like sort of in that jazzy style, you're like, is this just one that a lot of people do or did she actually do this herself? Like, I don't really know, but um that one's really tasty and then another one just called sign she has this nice little program beat but it has just that perfect sort of like kind of hip-hop punch on the kick but everything else is just really smoothed out and jazzy and i was like all right Leona flores i see you so i would recommend checking her out um she doesn't have much out sign is her newest single that was 2020 and then did two EPs, so, yeah, with that, mm, nice. we don't got a lot of time left because you got to get going. Um, let's reiterate a conversation we had last time and just see if we can be nice and succinct with it. Um, obviously, when we do this music section, we're recommending stuff that we're into and try to be on a positive note with a lot uh-huh. of it. And so two albums that are pretty big that came out that people might expect us to talk about are Queens of the Stone Age, their new album, or King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, their new album. Uh, I don't think either one of us are that into those bands. Would you agree?
2: Yeah, I'd agree with that.
1: (laughs) Um, Now, I think the thing I just wanted to discuss there, which I just find kind of interesting, is um it's like i always i've tried multiple times um to wrap my head around the king gizzard thing and why they're blowing up as much as they are and everybody really loves them and i certainly have moments of it where i i think i get what it is but uh i remember talking to you about it a little bit and i know one facet of what people love about them is their they're they workhorses they're always putting out something new each album is like kind of like messing around with a new genre or a new um theme something like that and i definitely respect that and like that um that being said mm-hmm. it's not like too wildly different or that crazy experimental to me and that you know, that's not a dig or anything, Adam. It's just uh, sometimes when I'm discussing them with people, they're like, that that song blew my mind. And I'll kind of be like, oh, well, all right. Just kind of came across like a, a long jam out session or something, or like yeah. pretty straightforward rock and roll. And I almost wondered if it's like, I remember when you and I used to work at Pizza Plus back in the day, Smithfield, Utah. 2005 um, to about 2008, like you were mm-hmm. always bringing in like wild, crazy stuff because I was playing wild, crazy stuff in the restaurant. And but even then, like this, yeah, like even then, you and me, you'd be like expect Like, check this out, like, isn't it the crazy cool stuff? And I'm like, nah. And so, like, there's a little <laughs> bit of that, like, cantankerous. Like, if somebody shows you something, it's like, I don't know what it is. It's just like, okay. Maybe I'll check it out. I don't know. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. (laughs) But then also, I just... It is such a fine line with crazy experimental stuff. Like, I I guess that's sort of part of it is if you're doing this artistic thing that stretches and, like, it's only going to appeal to a certain amount of people. Whereas if you write Love Fool like the Cardigans did just about everybody's going to love that song because it's, like, kind of poppy and perfectly constructed. Yeah. And so, I don't know, I was, I was kind of thinking about it, and so we listened to a lot of crazy, weird, abrasive stuff like Unexpect, Devin Townsend, Frank Zappa, um, Sleepy Time Gorilla Museum, Diablo so, Swing Orchestra, yeah, Diablo Swing Orchestra, and... So it's just not that weird. Like King Gizzard is like pretty cool straightforward Australian band and I would say that part of what doesn't totally appeal to me is they I don't know if it's like a scale. You might be able to help me with this in music theory kind of thing. Uh-huh. They'll be like like this rising thing Uh
2: uh-huh
1: and they'll mess with that and that helps them do odd meters so it's like one two three four five one two three four five or you go one two three four five six seven and one two three four five six seven and Uh they'll just fit in their lyrics there and they'll sing along with the notes they're playing which you've always talked about you don't really like it when the vocals follow the thing i'm a little more forgiving of it i guess i wouldn't say i'm into it but uh but yeah there's a couple songs like that and not to like once again i'm like not giving them that much shit I, people that love them might be like fuck you man but there's <laughs> this other song rattlesnake where they just say rattlesnake over and over and over again
2: oh no and it's like snake rattlesnake
1: yeah. rattlesnake 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 and i'm like this is the crazy, wild, experimental thing that blew your mind. <laughs> like, yeah, and it's not just that song. I've heard stuff from them. I'm like, wow, what is this? And they're like, oh, it's King Gizzard. I'm like, oh, okay, shit. Um, they even did a record that was like embracing thrash metal, and the guy kind of has this goofy, like, amateur Metallica sound and voice when he gets in that zone. Yeah, but I kind of dug it. And, but then I would like kind of turn it on around other King Gizzard fans. I'm like, eh, this one's pretty good, right? It's one of the, and they're like, eh, it's one of my least favorite ones. I'm like, oh, all right. (laughs) So it's like, kudos to them for having that much variety that like, they did find a way to sort of get to me, even if I don't throw them on regularly or anything. But, um, the main key of it is it's just... That, that repetition or that scale thing, I, but before I continue, do you know what that scale thing is? Like what that, you would even call
2: that? Well, I mean, that's just a, or approach or, uh, yeah, that's just an approach. I'd say that writing, you know, just using a scale and slowly moving up in the octave, but keeping the same scale and adding, you know, different parts for like the rhythm and, different meters like you said that makes sense but yeah yeah i feel like kind of maybe what's happening is uh i don't know why the boiling frog analogy is coming but we're, we've we been in the the hottest water of <laughs> crazy music there is we are well cooked and so yeah. anybody who hasn't listened to unexpected or whatever yeah. listens to King are like oh this is pretty out there this is pretty Experimental weird. They're like, eh.
1: Yeah. Like that's Good not that. going to be the thing that gets me. Yeah,
0: yeah like, exactly. I think the thing I talked yeah. to
1: you about once was it's like we people are like talking about these like hard seltzers, We're like man, this stuff's pretty fucking hard, huh? And then we've just been sitting back drinking straight vodka out of the bottle, like, huh? Like, <laughs> what do you talk? Yeah, what? okay, yeah, but um. <laughs> Well, and that's what's funny is some of these cats. I'll leave them nameless, but they love King Gizzard. But then I'm they will say Frank Zappa isn't music, and then my mind get my face gets hot, and I have to end the conversation.
2: Yeah, that's the kind of person you don't want to talk. I'd so say about anything with, but at least
1: music. Well, what I will say is that in that context, it was like it turned into that thing which you never want it to turn into with like discussing music where you're like oh i don't really like that thing and so then they just think of something that might be categorized similarly and then they'd want to take it down a peg because you didn't like their thing you know which i used to do in high school but <laughs> try not to glad do that you, anymore glad you got out of that <laughs> yeah like i think people have that phase when they're younger with you man it's the best shit ever best band ever like whatever you know instead of being analytical about it because it is all subjective at the end of the day um but yeah just that last little bit of the repetition i think that some of this psych rock stuff that i'm like really not part of what i don't like about it is it is a fad there's plenty of really great psych rock bands but it is like the cool thing to be doing with rock and roll these days yeah. And I'm just tired of it. Like, I wasn't ever really into, like, more of the Sgt. peppers psych rock stuff. Like, my psych- psychedelia, I like pretty wild, crazy heavy stuff. And... Yeah. This stuff is more like, I don't know, it's like a little bit of UK punk mixed in with, yeah... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it is. It's just like a little punk, a little bit of this and that, I don't know. But, um... And I'm not that into jam bands. And there's a little bit of that element, too. Like, let's jam out this part yeah. for four minutes. And so there therein comes in the repetition part where, yeah, there'll be a bass. that's like, And it just does it straight for four minutes while the guitar is doing wacky, crazy effects and stuff. And then the, yeah, then the vocals have... That way too much delay and reverb on it so you can't understand shit of what they're saying. And yeah, yeah, that's cool every now and again but I'm like, man I'm bored. But I will admit, and this is where i kind of getting back to, you're talking about doing that one reggae riff that's not complicated and it happens through the whole song but you like it. It's, yeah. like, it's gotta be a tonality timber thing, it's just like what the actual frequencies and tonality of stuff the way you like it, like I can listen mm-hmm. to a reggae dub song go for ten minutes, and it can be more or less kind of the same thing, with a lot of weird delayed pops and clicks and odd noises, and I'm I'm in. And yeah, I guarantee you, if I put that stuff on with some of my king gizzard buddies, they'd be like, "Fuck, this shit's boring. Like, turn it off." Uh, so it's kind of just it's just it's kind, kind of funny to that way. But
2: about so the groove,
1: it's the groove and the tone, and I I yeah. will admit that that I think a lot of people don't consider that as much. It's like no. so another good example would be like say new metal. I think part of what people really liked about new metal and part of what, um, some people didn't like was purely tonal. It's like a seven string guitar, really down tuned, like boom, and like for me, that just rumbles my chest and tickles my balls, and I love it. And I don't even think <laughs> about the lyrics. And yeah, when you stop to think about the lyrics, you're like, Yeah, these lyrics are fucking stupid
2: on a lot of this, but well, it was just here for the burp ding, <laughs>
1: yeah, the boom,
2: ding, 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 yeah, that's what I wanted, <laughs> and. <laughs> So
1: yeah, I guess, I don't know, this is a conversation you gotta get going, but feel free to write in at thejacobwayneshow at gmail.com, give us your opinion on this, Um, but long story short, we're not gonna cover stuff that we don't feel like we really loved or could get really into, we might mention that it dropped, so you know, and yeah, go listen to the new King Gizzard album and the new Queens of the Stone
2: Age, and let us know what you think. Um, And you can send us like, you like it,
1: yeah.
2: Part yeah. of my question is, what are you listening to it on? That's what I want to know too. <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good point. Right,
1: straight <sighs> from your cell phone, earplugs, nice headset, nice.
2: Speakers. Yeah, I got those. Yeah, I got those fancy speakers, and I realized I was like, oh shit, I've been giving some stuff a pass. It's maybe not like as good when you listen to it. Like, throw it on in the car. I'm like, eh, hey, this is okay. <laughs> Well, Sounds I, amazing on those speakers.
1: <laughs> well, and I mean, man, mixing, I'll have to hear some Gamma paw on those speakers of yours. Because part of oh, mixing yeah. your songs, you got to go listen to it on the phone, in the car, different earplugs, on your computer, computer speakers, yep. and it's like, man, sometimes, like I'll talk about one band, Pantera. They, I love that band, but they hurt my fucking ears with earbuds. It's like,
2: ow, like, fuck.
1: Like, the high oh, yeah. is just brutal, but in nice speakers, powerful. It's great shit.
2: Indeed. Um, Interesting.
1: But, yeah, send in any new stuff coming out that's about to come out, stuff that came out that you recommend. Write us at the Jacob Wayne Show at gmail.com or fakoshka at gmail.com. And Oof. we'll give it a try. And we'll be nice. That? If it doesn't appeal to us, we won't talk about it. And now you know. But, um, I would say if you like psych rock, good old rock and roll, go listen to those new albums from Queens of the Stone Age and King Gizzard. Um, they're not bad. I just, I think they don't quite appeal to Kellen and I
2: so much. Yeah, we're here to stretch your musical mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So anyway, uh, with that, Good recording. We captured it this time. And I'll talk to you
2: next time. See you later.
1: Bye-bye! Oh. Hey. How's it going? We're going to do the movie section solo today. Because Dan is doing some family stuff. We would have had an episode last week. As I think I went over with the music section with Kellen, but yeah, my recording was fucked up, so I'm gonna go over a little bit of what we went over on that recording, and then just do a quick little, uh, non-spoiler review of Oppenheimer, which I just saw about uh, an hour or so ago, well, it finished an hour or so ago, and, uh, we'll get into more of a spoiler review once Dan's seen it. For now, let's get into the letterbox reviews, and we'll just go over quickly the movies we've been watching over the last couple weeks. Uh, The first of which is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the original, 1990. Uh, I give it 5 stars out of 5, and I love it, I like it, I want more of it. It is kind of the perfect superhero movie to me, and I know I'm looking at it through nostalgic glasses, but... I defy you to tell me why it isn't five stars, Um, considering that this is for kids and that is an aspect of it. I, you need to look at it as a kid's movie, but a surprisingly adult one and a surprisingly mature one. So when you consider that, I think it's up there with some Pixar movies, um, different vibe, of course, different tone. It's a different era. But the messages in it are good, the acting's good, the pacing, all of it, I love it. Um, so yeah, if you disagree with me, feel, feel free to write in at the Jacob Wayne Show at gmail.com and I'll hear your arguments, for sure. But, um, I mean, it's a little easier to bounce off of somebody else rather than do these solo But uh, I will say that I'm trying to think of what we went over that was worthwhile when I talked about it with Dan. And I'm not melting from the heat. I have the fan turned off so it won't mess with your audio. And these are the sacrifices I'm willing to make for you. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, directed by Steve Barron. Not a fella that I really recognize as work other than Coneheads. Another one I've been meaning to get two and rewatch. um more for curiosity than i actually remember it being that good i remember it's fun to see chris farley in it uh beyond that the next two teenage mutant ninja turtle movies were much more childish and silly and you know had vanilla ice in it and yeah it just got way more cartoony and That says a lot for a movie that is inherently cartoony. I mean, it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But uh, the puppetry work, Frank Oz voicing Splinter is amazing. It's just a great movie. And I love it. And so, looking at some of these reviews, I mean, seems like most people would agree. Some are giving it three and a half because they are dead inside. But I'm not seeing any 2s or 1s or anything like that. So we'll just move right along though. One that I did not watch with Dan, but I watched with my roommates. Shockey, who you've heard of, and then my new roommate, Steven. We watched Commando, and this is my first time watching this. I was excited to check it out, because it's says uh, Schwarzenegger. And it's one I hadn't seen, if I had already said that. I apologize. I give this one four stars out of five. And I liked it a lot. I don't know if I'd say I loved it. But for what it is, it's it's super solid. And exactly what you imagine when you think of 80s action. It's directed by Mark L. Lester. Um... We talked about how he directed Firestarter, which was on our Stephen King list. Not one of our favorites, but uh, there's a lot to get through on that particular list. This is another director that's done a fair amount, but a lot of it looks like straight-to-DVD fare, some nonsense, Um, not a lot that I would say I'm trying to check out. He did do a movie with John Candy, though, that I would be intrigued to see, called Armed and Dangerous. A lot of two stars and one star for that, so that's not encouraging. Um, yeah, the plot of this movie is John Matrix, that Schwarzenegger's character, is a former leader of a special commando strike force that allows, that always got the toughest jobs done. He's forced back to, back into action. Sorry. I am not with it today on speaking. He's forced back into action when his young daughter is kidnapped to find her. <clears throat> oh my god. Apologies all around. Not to make excuses, but my monitor situation has changed. You might see that I'm like looking up a little bit. And it's hot as fuck and I just walked home in almost 100-degree weather from the theater, so I'm a little out of it. Matrix has his daughter Alyssa Milano kidnapped, and he has to fight his way through an array of punks, killers, and one of his former commandos, and a fully equipped private army with the help of a feisty stewardess and an old friend. It's a really long plot synopsis. Long story short, it's taken before taken. He's a retired commando. They want him back. He won't go back. But uh, this person that got ousted due to CIA meddling in in South America wants to get back into power, so he kidnaps Schwarzenegger's daughter, so he'll go kill the person that the cia put in place to take over something like that anyway schwarzenegger doesn't even get down to south america he kills the guy on the plane you know chops his neck and then the stewardess comes by he's like he's dead tired you know that kind of shit um one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when he's trying to hide in a car and he just rips out the passenger seat so he can get a little lower in the vehicle so he just it's just a bunch of strong man machismo bullshit but it's pretty awesome and he rips the chair out gets in the car to hide but then it kind of cuts and cuts back he's sitting in a passenger seat like they don't they don't give a fuck so it's kind of awesome in that way the final showdown with the bad guy I'm not going to bother even seeing who played him. Because I wouldn't say it was that memorable. It's pretty, like, bad. But in an awesome way. The The fight at the end is pretty, pretty great. Um, he, like, throws a pipe through him. And steam's coming out of him. He's like, why don't you let off some steam? it cool off. Or something like that. Anyway, it was an awesome movie. I'm starting to feel that I'm going to be pretty quick on this recording. I can already feel it. The next movie that isn't on our Stephen King list was Pass Through, a Neil Breen movie. I believe I've talked about Neil Breen before. We watched Twisted Pair. This is the type of movie where it's written by and directed by starring an egomaniac like The Room. Or um, an array of other so bad they're kind of great shitty movies the Neil Breen movies are very particular and very specific and I would highly recommend watching at least one with a group of friends and doing a drinking game and I could elaborate more on this film but um, I think the, the less you know the better other than this drinking game and I think it'll tell you just about everything you need to know. Um, This is a Neil Breen drinking game, so it applies to any of his movies, not just Pass Through or Twisted Pair. I'm going to read this to you. You should drink every time there's nudity, blood, death. Um, Nudity and death are universal rules for us in our group. Blood, not so much. Maybe like a severed limb. So that's pretty standard. Neil Breen throws something. That's fun. Unexplained magical bullshit. Mm Mm-hmm. Uncomfortable women. Neil disappears. He does that a lot, like he'll just vanish. Not like a Batman thing, like he'll slowly fade away. Uh, Sex god brain. Vague job descriptions. Hacking or mention of hacking. Computer hacking. Stock footage used in the film. Repeated scene from earlier in the film or from another film. Drink anytime you see laptops or something to do with laptops. Uh, that goddamn red car that is in multiple films. I didn't notice one and pass through, so some of these aren't in everything. The phrase, who am I, or what am I, is uttered. A character repeats someone else's line verbatim. Any variations of the word corrupt or are spoken. That goddamn skull that's in multiple films. Another thing that I don't think showed up in Pass Through. Unnecessary shots of people's feet, lower legs. There was a lot of that in Twisted Pair. Whenever Neil or someone else calls Breen a genius. And last but not least an inanimate object moves of its own accord. So now you got a taste of what Neil Breen films can give you. Um, There's usually always like some epic speech he gives about the corruption of man. You're all corrupt. I'm like, as you can tell when I do his voice, highly impassioned. I gave pass through half a star and I kind of loved it. Um, Buddies that I made watch this Not so much They have a a hard time getting through it Uh, With that Let's get into The Warriors The classic from 1979 Directed by Walter Hill Let's take a look at what else He's directed He's done a lot of good stuff Um, 48 Hours Red Heat Another Schwarzenegger movie Streets of Fire I'd like to check out. I think I've heard of that, but don't know much about it. Oh, Stallone and Bullet to the Head. Undisputed with Wesley Snipes in 2002. So yeah, there's a couple things in here I'd like to check out. Last Man Standing with Bruce Willis. So he's worked with a lot of the action stars. That's intriguing um yeah the warriors this is the classic the line like warriors come out and play um i went into this thinking it was just gonna be sort of like west side story a bunch of gangs kind of fighting i didn't realize it was kind of sort of a futuristic uh new york um almost like rollerball or escape from new york like future dystopia but you know they don't have a lot of it's almost like future dystopia in the way of um clockwork orange obviously not made by kubrick so it doesn't have that extra level of it or like social commentary as much um it's it's a a lot more tarantino in a way um the lady who is like the radio DJ keeps you up to date on everything that's happening. Um, you might recognize the lady on... They just show her mouth. And when we watched it, I was like, that's a recognizable mouth. And it is. The actress who, once again, I've forgotten the name. Let's see if I could even... Yeah, Lynn Thigpen... Yep. She played the president in Bicentennial Man. She's in Tootsie. Um, I think she's in... Scrooged, maybe. Uh, Maybe not Scrooged. Shows up in Streets of Fire. Um, If you saw her, you'd probably recognize her. It's a very recognizable face and actress. You just don't... uh, You don't see her as much. I wonder if she's still around. Anyway. Lynn Thigpen. She does a great job. And it's a very iconic shot. Because it's like right up on the mouth. And it's on the microphone. And she's like. The warriors are making their way through the town. Can you dig it? We're going to have to fucking. And it's like. It reminds me of stuff I've seen in Tarantino films. And other stuff. That's like ripped it off. Um, the main bad guy, um, hmm, Let's see if we can find who that is, yeah, main bad guy in the warrior, I'm not gonna try to find the name right now, could've played the Joker, if they did like a gritty Batman, and like 70s Batman back then, he would've been an amazing Joker, he's actually very unhinged and like kinda coked out in this movie, but it really works. Um, yeah, I can definitely see why it's a classic. I gave it five out of five stars and I liked it a lot. Little bit underneath, loved it, but I can recognize cultural impact for sure. Um, Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. This is a new one that we watched. It was finally up on streaming. I gave it four stars out of five. I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. I don't know if I'll ever want to come back and watch it again. Because it's very Marvel. Yeah, it's very Marvel in its structure. And I mean that as a compliment, actually. Like, for how good it is. They kind of did the Guardians of the Galaxy thing. Like So it's it's on the good end of Marvel. But it's still that. It's very jokey, quippy. They joke as if it's modern day. They don't joke like in kind of a, I don't know what you would even call it, like fantasy sort of style. Um, really great acting. I mean, they're, they're very charming. Their charisma all turned up. Uh, Chris Pine carries the movie on his back with a little help, but with Michelle Rodriguez and Hugh Grant. Everybody else is fine. Um, when I talked about this with Dan, a lot of really great Easter eggs in it, and he knows a lot more about D&D than me, so that's a shout out to this movie, is that it appeased that side of the fandom for him. He had a lot of stuff to enjoy in it, and for me, who doesn't know a lot about D and D, I wasn't bogged down by it. Like I didn't feel like there was anything in it that I didn't understand, or was like, wait, what is that? Do I have to play D and D to get it? Like I don't think you do. As I was reading up on it, they were talking about trying to use uh, Princess Bride and Indiana Jones as influences, and you can feel that in the movie. And one thing we talked about, sort of ad nauseum while watching and then during our last recording that failed, was that it's just over long. And it's... Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't... It's oddly entertaining the whole time, but yet it still feels like it drags on too long. I was with it. I wasn't getting bored... But I kept checking what time it was in it, which I guess is a about to be bored. So yeah, I was maybe about to be bored halfway through and then till the end. And I kept checking, how much more time do we got? Okay, like I was into it, but did sort of drag on too long for my liking. I think it could have been tighter. Lost a couple action set pieces and it would have been better. But, uh, yeah, another thing that they're going to try to turn into an expanded universe. And this is one where I feel like it works. I can see. Yeah, I, could, I would come back to this and check out different versions and different iterations. And I could see it not getting dull. Um, but yeah, it does have some of the concern there. Because it is Marvely already from the get go. And I've definitely hit Marvel fatigue. I've I think I held on a lot longer than most than a lot of people. I'm not gonna say most people. But about I think Miss Marvel is where I started slipping. The TV show, watch the new Ant Man, I don't give a fuck about Secret Invasion. Maybe it was um what was it? See? I mean I just don't even give a shit. It was uh Moon Knight. That's where I finally hit my wall, I think. I was like, I I don't know if I give a fuck about this. I finished it. I finished Ant Man. Um watched that Black Panther sequel. Meh I don't know. Maybe I just less is more. Give it a little bit of a break. A little more time in between things. Maybe I'll come back. But I think that they're, they've are they maybe fundamentally ruined the universe. It's too much shit going on. It's always world-ending events. And when it's always that, there's no stakes. You know it's not gonna... They're not gonna end the world. And it's always jokey and quippy and non-serious. So there's that as well. Um... Sorry that my Dungeons and Dragons review turned into a Marvel criticism, but that is that is what Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves is. It's just more of that Hollywood trying to build expanded universes. Uh, two more movies, and one I'm debating about whether I'm going to talk about it. Samurai Cop. Another so bad it's good movie. Half a Star. Loved it perfect terrible low budget ambitious director not enough money know-how or knowledge to pull it off so it ends up being like a trash masterpiece um it's totally like coming out on the heels of lethal weapon and trying to duplicate that to like just terrible effects um, the plot is when Japanese organized crime embeds itself within LA the police turn to one man to take down the deadly yakuza Joe Marshall aka the samurai with his fearless swagger and rock hard jaw the samurai tears a two-fisted hole through the mob and doesn't stop until the job is done that, that's a that's a great write up um another one of those watch it with the group of friends play the drinking game um Shaki got real fucking sick of it and it's it's always interesting to see which terrible bad movies we end up loving or hating or wanting to turn off um I think when the director is truly inept or like it's fever dreamish that's when I get really excited and I'm happy and then everybody else is like, eh. But then when we watch DCOMs, Disney comedies, then they're a little more into them. I like them, but the corniness, I'm like, eh, eh, eh. Not as, like, thrilled by the terribleness. And we might even have somebody in the friend group that thinks that they're actually good movies, which is uh, another thing. Um... Samurai Cop. It is what it is. It's in the name. I think you know what you're getting, especially with the lethal weapon ripoff thing. So, just throw it on sometime. You can find it pretty easily. Um, Tubi, I think, is where we watch that. Now. Do I get into Oppenheimer? I don't think so. I think I still have to let it congeal in my brain. But I'll give you a very snap, quick review. And then when Dan sees it, we'll break it down and do a spoiler review. I This is the best Nolan I've seen in a while. The last Nolan I really liked was Dark Knight Rises. Clunky into the Dark Knight trilogy, but still one I really like. Really love um, Bane. Uh, Interstellar was, had a lot of really good stuff, but then had some stuff where I was like, oh, God. In it. And I, that was like the first time I was like, I don't know if I'm into this. I need to rewatch that one, I think. Because it does have good moments. Dunkirk, I was like, eh. "I I gave no shits about Dunkirk. Which was really disappointing. And then I saw Tenet. And just weird confusing and clunky and odd like I don't think it's as clever as it thinks it is or Nolan thinks it is and it's like felt gimmicky and almost like him sort of trying to do James Bond but he can't help but be Nolan and do some other weird wonky thing with it which on a technical level is really cool does some cool stuff as a filmmaker but as a movie with a story that I give a fuck about, like, eh. So I, I guess I could say that, that this one, I was like, it's very Nolan-y, even for just a pretty, pretty much a biopic. It is not a linear story, another Nolan trope, but I was really into this one, and it's right now sitting at four and a half stars, but that, it could either go down to four or... Or maybe even go up to five. I have to maybe see it again. Or think about it. But I really enjoyed it. Thought it was a really good movie. And thought it was pretty depressing. So be ready for that. And the only other thing I will say is... It's... I don't think you need to go to the theater. To get the full impact of it. I found let's just say that there's moments where people are like, Bo, that's the thing you need to see in a big theater on a big screen. I don't think so. I actually think you could have, and, and it's weird. Cause it's like, go to the movies and go to the theater and see things like that. Cause it is awesome. And I was really happy to get back into the theater to see this. That being said, um, the way the plot, functions and for how long it is i think this would be better and maybe even have a better impact if it was something that you just watched at home on your couch like streaming because i feel like i'm already getting a little more into it than i thought i would want to but i will say that the third act it does like it loses its momentum it has a great momentum and builds Then it hits that third act and it's like oh it's gonna start being this now and then it starts to build back up there it like builds up some more momentum and then i think it ends on a pretty strong note but yeah that third act i think would be valued more because i really did find it fascinating and and intriguing and it had me percolated But not for a theater setting i could almost feel the audience be like oh the moment thing happened and then now this okay like everybody knew it was good but it was like i don't know if you and like the structural thing he's doing you can see what he's doing with it and it is good it's just it makes you kind of ponder like is there a more efficient way to do that would it have worked if it was just more linear or you just rearrange the the build like i don't i don't know it is actually almost like a film i'd like to see recut or like just scenes moved around different use everything that's in the movie but just rearrange it and if it see if it would work better but i don't know it's a great movie And I like the way it's arranged. Just theater experience. I don't know if you need it. Maybe it's more appreciated in streaming or multiple viewings. Um, I read one review that somebody was saying that this kind of reminded them of Oliver Stone. Like political type movie. And I thought Oliver Stone a couple times while I was watching this. I don't know if it was because it would cut to black and white and then back. And then there's like some weird artsy stylistic almost surreal choices with depicting certain things but um we'll talk about it more once dan's seen it and we'll break it down in a spoiler review i guess that's my non-spoiler quick review so with that my my throat's a little sore i'm hot i need to turn the fan on um i hope you enjoyed this episode and Be excited to have Dan back to hear his thoughts on Oppenheimer once he sees it. But for now, I'm going to stop recording and say ta-ta. Thank you for listening to The Jacob Wayne Show. If you would like to contact us, please write us at Fakoshka at gmail.com. That is F-A-K-O-S-H-K-A at gmail.com. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, and YouTube. Simply search The Jacob Wayne Show and it should pop right up. Make sure you like and subscribe and leave a review and share this podcast with your friends. Please write us. It helps add content to the show and makes the show even better for you, the listener. Thanks for tuning in.